Well, I finally have time to record this, so I'll get this done now in the train station. Uh, this is for October 12th, uh, 2021. Uh, I'm Steven Sersky. Thanks for listening. And it's been an eventful couple of days. We've been very busy. That's sort of the, uh, the main thing is that we've just been on the go doing a lot of walking. Uh, the first couple of days were rainy. Tuesday, October 12th, was actually finally a nice day where we could walk around without too much hassle. Uh, there was a bit of rain in the morning, but then it uh, died down after that. Our main goal, our, we had two goals on Tuesday, and that was to go to the, I, I now have the full name of it, the China Chongqing Three Gorges Museum. And then we also wanted to go to the art gallery. We got about half of that done because along the way, uh, we stumbled across this other museum. And before we got to the museum, we were taking the subway. And one of the unique things about the Chongqing, uh, it's not actually the subway, it's the metro, it's the light rail, I guess, the one that actually go on the railway. Um, like, uh, what do you call those? The, the unirail, kind of like that. Uh, but uh, so we were going there. And apparently there's this one station, I forget the name of it, that stops into what looks like a house. So it's built into the side of a mountain here, or a side of a, a mountain with a bunch of houses around it. And it, it's a, if you look up pictures of Chongqing Subway or Chongqing Metro, it will show up. Um, so we, we naturally we had to go t- take a picture of that. So we got through there, uh, we went back. And then when we got off the, uh, the Metro, there was a there was a little park underneath the the subway system there, so like underneath the metro system. So it was kind of neat to see how they had built that in. But that it sort of figures because that whole with the Yangtze River going through Chongqing like that, they've built up the 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 banks of the river quite a bit. This part was sort of left au naturel, so you could walk through it and maybe enjoy some peace and quiet it was mostly quiet except every now and then a train would go by but it wasn't it was very quick um, and that was it so but it was kind of nice because they have a lot of birds on display as well this is a, a, something that I've noticed quite a bit Chongqing loves to have birds in cages uh, or at least the places that we were going uh, and a lot of the places uh, where there were a lot of elderly retired folks playing cards or playing mahjong uh, they all had like there's birds nearby in cages typically that's that's what was happening. Uh, so, this museum, the first, the, the reason why we didn't get to the Three Gorges Museum right away, was because when we left the actual metro station uh, that leads into or heads towards it, the there's another museum, and this one was dedicated to the multi-party. How they divide multi-party cooperation and political consultation, led by the CCP. So you can imagine what this type of museum this is. It's, people would, some people would call it propaganda. Some people would call it a different interpretation of how things have unfolded. It was a, it's a some sort of restored. I'm not sure if it was a house, uh, but or maybe it was just built for this purpose. Uh, but uh, it housed a lot of uh, memorabilia from the Chongqing CCP government over the years and so we're talking like the last hundred years or so uh even more than that like the turn of the century it didn't really mention too much about the end of the Qing dynasty but it did uh talk a lot about the how there was cooperation in the early years of uh the uh, of 
China as a, at that time, like 1917, and then 1921 when the Communist Party was founded, uh, and then after that, that's when that that schism happened. So Chiang Kai-shek left, and then uh, Sun Yat-sen went the other way. Uh, Sun Yat-sen is the guy who stayed on the mainland and led the CCP, whereas Chiang Kai-shek he fled down to uh, oh, I can't remember where he went first, but then he ended up in Taiwan. So that was the uh, the schism that happened. And they talk about it, like they talk about how at one point this the the there was no disagreement about how China was going to go move forward and like how the Chinese people were going to uh, rebuild after the empire had fallen. Uh, and then I guess what had happened is that things started to go a little bit wonky in the 1930s and then World War II broke out. And that's when the Chongqing got bombed, but China got uh, invaded by Japanese soldiers. So that's threw a major wrench into the plans of how to how, how the country was going to progress. But a lot of memorabilia, like suitcases, glasses, old suits, uh, train tickets, passports, uh, a lot of stuff. The, the kind of the, the, one of the funny things was is that they have so many committees, and I guess whoever is elected the topmost official official. So it'd be Xi Jinping right now. But there's there's other ones. They all have been former seats of former chairs of or former former party members of such and such committee. And so their picture appears on like every single floor or in every single little nook and cranny because there's so many different committees that they've had to sit on uh, as a part of the, the political process and the political consultation process. Uh, but all this memorabilia has me sort of wondering like of all the things that you own, of all the things I've collected while I'm traveling, like what would actually last the time and be put into a, a museum? Like would anyone, I, I know for a fact that my family would probably throw just about all of it away. I mean, I saw what we did with my uh, my dad's car parts. Uh, he had collected them. He, had, he wasn't collecting them. He, he accumulated them because he was looking to fix these cars. But uh, at the end, like when he was gone, we just basically had to take it all to scrap. It, was, it wasn't worth anything. So I kind of look at the stuff that uh, I, I get along the way, I collect along the way. Uh, and then looking at this museum, you know, all that's left of one person, one person's contribution, other than a few signature, like signed pieces of paper. You have his glasses or something like that, and then that's it. I mean, th there's your your legacy. Is hey, look at this is uh, Steve Cersky's glasses that he used to wear when he was, you know, thirteen. Like that's it. I'm not even sure if I have those glasses anymore, right? So <laughs> it's kind of funny to think of it that way, but uh, uh, that was sort of what I was going through. What was going through my mind as we went through four floors of this building dedicated to the CCP. Now, the other interesting thing about this was, I guess there was some, I don't know if they're junior party members, uh, or there was at least some committee was there, and they were getting a tour of the museum by uh, one of the uh, the officials there. So, uh, they all, and the reason I know that they were like all party members is because they were wearing a pin, and they all had that pin, so they were all dutifully taking notes of what was being said and uh, spoken and instructed so uh, it was a uh, it was an all right I mean if you if you're interested in the uh, the Chinese interpretation of events the CCP's interpretation of events uh, as they see it then it was an interesting museum uh, uh, certainly worth a stopover uh, but along with that what was the other really interesting thing oh well they had a lot of busts and they had a lot of uh, statues and um, like sculptures 
uh, of like Mao, Zhou Enlai, and there's a couple other people that were very important uh, in the founding years of New China as well. So that's uh, uh, that was uh, on display prominently in the front foyer. After there, we started walking towards the Three Gorges Museum, and then we found Zhou Enlai's former residence, which had been converted to some sort of, um, I guess, meeting place during the war. So during World War II, when Chongqing was getting obliterated by the Japanese, it bombed, indiscriminately bombed, uh, bombing everything. Um, I guess Zhou Enlai's house was converted into some sort of meeting place for the CCP at that time. And so it's, that one was a lot quicker to go through. It was very bare bones. I'm guessing they took a lot of the stuff out, put it into different museums. Uh, and it was all free, both like the, all these museums are free to go to, so um, it wasn't costing us anything other than time. Uh, but so we go through there, we walk through there, and it was right by one of the bridges that goes across uh, part of the river. Uh, so that was... Uh... Alright, so we had to board the train there, so <laughs> a little pause there. Um, but after uh, Joe and Lai's uh, museum there, his private residence, we were able to uh, walk farther down. We found more stairs to walk through. Uh, and then after that, we kind of snaked around a few different streets, all very well manicured. Uh, basically, they were just redone, uh, or at least they've been well kept over the years. The buildings are older. Uh, but uh, or some of them were older, but then a lot of the streets were uh, freshly... It, it seemed like they were just paved over, like, last year sort of thing, so... Uh, which, I guess, makes sense if the, uh, the CCP and... Uh, like they're celebrating 100 years this year, then last year, 70 years or 75 years? 70 years of uh, New China. Sorry, two years ago, 70, 70 years of New China. Anyway, we finally made it to the Three Gorges uh, Museum, actually called China... Chongqing Three Gorges Museum, and uh, that one, it's a huge museum, massive thing, right in, uh, the, I guess, is that the People's Square? So it's right beside, like, the, the, great, the great Hall of the People, uh, in this, this one area. It's a bit removed from downtown Chongqing, but it's pretty, easy, pretty easily accessible by um, subway, so it's, uh, it's not too difficult to get to. Um, so that was... Uh, massive museum. They have this uh, big open square and then the Great Hall of the People is just across the way with the Chinese flag standing above it. So we did get to go through the museum. Um, it was a bit of a, a hassle getting in because we actually had made a, um, an appointment earlier in the day, like at 9am, uh, but we didn't get there until 2, I guess. So, And then as things are, they the system wouldn't let us book another reservation on the same day, so we had to go explain to them and keep my. I don't have my passport either because I'd forgotten it at the hostel, so this was just made for an exciting time of talking with the uh, the Baoan about uh, you know <laughs> trying to get into a, uh, a a museum to see some I don't like history artifacts basically. Why don't you have your passport with you? So, well. I just didn't bring it with me today. The one day I didn't bring it with me. Uh, but they were okay with it. The, um, I shouldn't say they were okay with it. It was a bit of a hassle to try to get this whole thing sorted. 
in the end, the Bawan, one of the ladies, just was like, okay, here, I will punch it into my phone, and then you can go through. There we go. That's the way. I mean, if I had a residence card, it'd be a lot easier, I suspect, but uh, with the uh, passport, it's... Because it, the, the entry fields are programmed for a certain, uh, certain value, right? So they have... It's either the Shenfengen, which is their uh, their ID card, which has like nine numbers or twelve numbers or whatever, and then it's also Chinese characters. If it doesn't recognize Chinese characters, it doesn't like that either. So, so two things that you have to be aware of uh, that are going on when uh, you're trying to make these reservations. The museum was massive, four floors, two exhibit halls or two two or three ex- exhibition halls on each side. Uh, it was interesting. I liked it. It was interesting. We actually didn't leave until the closing of it so we spent a good couple hours there three hours uh that was uh it was interesting i learned quite a bit actually about how chongqing got bombed uh throughout world war ii like japan just came in the capital was moved to chongqing i guess that's why they became a target uh but uh, for world war ii that's like the city was basically leveled and it was not uh, there wasn't very much left of it and then they, I mean but the one thing is that they did actually re- stay and they rebuilt uh, which is you can sort of see there's that sort of um, resilience that vibrancy in the city uh, and I know I mentioned that the buildings are old but they look lived in but it looks like since World War two they have been living in the same areas so it's they're not as much of an itinerant population as like you'd see in Beijing where uh, things are being changed all the time uh, to accommodate uh, new people into the uh, uh, the city. The I guess on the bottom floor they had a lot of like the old fossils and stuff like that, things that have been found in and around Chongqing province. Uh, on the second floor they had what seems to be the now mandatory um, glorification presentation of the CCP, so the 70th anniversary of the CCP. And so that, that took up a whole wing of it. I guess we could have walked through that a little bit quickly, a little a little bit more quicker than we did. There was another piece of uh, uh, propaganda that uh, would, I, I guess we could have walked through as well. Oh, it's, it's the, the history of the museum and how the, uh, the museum has come so far. I guess they just built this museum uh, 16 years ago, back in 2005. So it's relatively new. Before that, it used to be called. It had another name, and it didn't have as much stuff in it. So they uh, they renovated, they remade it, uh, and it's a, now a massive presentation. Um, and then finally, on the uh, upper floors, they have the silk, uh, not the silk. Sorry, the uh, we call them watercolor paintings, and then uh, the uh, porcelain that I think everyone knows that comes from China. So the Qing Dynasty porcelain vases and the plates and the stuff like that. Uh, all very neat. There's some famous paintings there, like, uh, what do you call them? The, uh, like the, the watercolor paintings. There's some famous ones there that are... I was given a price that was so high. I'm like, well, if it's... No one can... But, and then, they were, then I was told, that, well, they're not for sale. Well, so if they're not for sale, that means they're priceless. You can't buy them. There's no price on them, right? <laughs> At least that's my interpretation of it. Uh, so walk through there and yeah like I said it, be, it took us until a few hours to go through but we walked very slowly it wasn't uh, like we weren't in a rush or anything uh, which was nice uh, so we could actually sort of take time and look at some of the different pieces of uh, art and stuff like that different artifacts like how often do you actually look at something at a museum where like all the little details you see these things represented in textbooks you see that you study them as part of your, your degrees or you know Wikipedia um, 
Ah, announcement. And so, how long do you actually spend looking at these things and appreciating the detail of them? I know that a lot of textbooks and then some of the tourist guides and brochures, they'll show like details of these artifacts or the paintings or the sculptures and they'll talk about the painters and their lives. And all you do in a museum is you walk by it and if you didn't know that this thing was like magnificent or like some sort of cherished treasure, national treasure, you'd probably give it 10 seconds, like a walkthrough, and then that's it. I mean, the thing has survived thousands of years in the dirt and was placed in a museum and now most people just walk by and go, oh, that's neat. All right, we're going to have dinner. <laughs> you know? Right, so it's... Uh, kind of makes you appreciate a little bit more just how you know the the skill level that was in, involved leading up to the creation of that piece of uh, whatever it is like for, for like pottery like this the ancient sculptures and things like that uh which are i always kind of find neat to look at the uh, ancient pottery that survived the time uh and uh, but i mean even those guys it's pure luck that their work has survived so many years uh, that is now sitting in a museum for us to walk by casually and go, oh yeah, neat beers, right? <laughs> oh yeah, so I don't know, how long do you guys spend in a uh, museum looking at stuff? After the museum, we uh, walked around the uh, the People's Square for a little bit, took some pictures around there. It's kind of neat to see how the, um, it's just another open square. It's the, it's the shape of that building is the same as the, uh, what do you call it? Gate of Heavenly Peace, um, not the Summer Palace, one of the buildings in in Beijing. I think the Summer Palace on the one in Tianmen looks similar, don't they? Uh, but uh, it's modeled on that, so it's a similar shape, and you kind of see it from afar. Go, hey, look at that! Could be like Beijing. Uh, and, but that's where their uh, great hall of the people is. You can actually go inside. We didn't, only because it was, it was getting towards five o'clock, and uh, they weren't going to let us in anyway. Anyway. After that dinner, we uh, went to one of the other uh, famous Chongqing places here, the Jianghu dinners. Uh, more oil, more spice, insanely hot. Uh, but it was it was pretty good. I mean, I, I haven't I have no real complaints about the food. Uh, it was all pretty tasty. It was all pretty spicy. Like even just a regular bowl of noodles on the street is still pretty spicy. Step total for the day was like twenty one thousand five hundred. Uh, so we. Did a lot of walking. We didn't get back to the hostel until again 10 or 10:30, and still no one in the hostel. Empty, empty, empty. <laughs> All right, I'll leave it there. Uh, check out my uh, website, stevenserski.com. I'll post the uh, um, some of the show notes on there, and uh, a little bit more about the trip that we're having to Chongqing and Chengdu. Hope you guys are well. Talk again. Bye bye.